Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to all of you. Hope you're all doing great. Today's topic is about understanding the impacts to audits when you as an organization decide to move your compute workload to the cloud. This is the high level agenda for today's discussion. Um, so when you move your workload to um, a cloud provider such as AWS, Google Cloud Platform, or Microsoft Azure, most of the organizations think that their audit uh, requirements have um, moved over to the cloud provider as well, and um, the cloud provider will take care of all the assurances going forward. The reality is that the cloud provider will only provide assurances for the pieces that they manage for you and anything sitting on top of that it is you who has moved the compute or your applications to the cloud provider you have to make sure that assurances for those elements have um, are still your responsibility in this whole uh, grand scheme of things every vendor involved in this outsourcing is going to get impacted um, you, it is your responsibility to make sure that any of the vendors that you deal with are able to provide you the level of assurance um, that you need. Um, in, and also the fact that um, the assurance that they provide is issued by a qualified independent auditor, usually Deloitte, KPMG, PwC uh, would, would can do that. And just in case it's a small vendor and they're not able to uh, get an independent auditor to do it, then you can ask the vendor to uh, that you're going to be including them as part of your audit and your auditor is going to be coming and speaking to, to their employees um, to make sure the right level of assurance, of assurance has been uh, uh, provided. Uh, usually one key thing to do is when you are uh, engaging a third party to provide your services make sure that in the contract that you have drawn you have the right to audit clause in it uh, what that helps you in is because the right right to audit clause is there it gives you the right to audit your vendor uh, if you need to if you don't have the right to audit then you know it becomes a bit tricky to get that piece going. So in case of this scenario that we're talking about where you are outsourcing the um, compute over to the cloud provider, so what is cloud provider responsible for? Cloud provider is responsible for the virtual machine management infrastructure, i.e. the hypervisor. So any of the bare metal servers uh, that they manage to um, provide you the virtualized environment. Um, that is all the responsibility. Um, any of the networking that they provide, so they are going to be using physical switches and routers and all that. But when you are using that, all that is going to get abstracted and um, you will enter the realm of the software-defined networking elements. Um, so you will um, you will manage that on your own 
but the cloud provider will provide you the assurance for how to manage that back end of that whole um, infrastructure. The other piece is that because this equipment does not sit in your data centers, the um, cloud provider has to make sure they provide you the assurances from the physical security perspective of um, of how secure the, 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 the place is where the data is hosted and your systems are hosted. So from a scope perspective, when, when we are looking at it, um, the service provider is responsible for these pieces over here, where they, they manage the hypervisor stack, the networking stack, um, and also the physical aspects of the data center, the personnel, clearance, hiring, and um, offers and training of the personnel and also the vendor management. So any of the vendors that they outsource to, they're responsible for that piece, those pieces. Um, the authentication and authorization in this um, area, the logging, monitoring, and alerting um, to make sure that this environment that they're providing you is providing the, the SLA that you have agreed to, and it is also protected at all times from um, all kinds of exposures and, and hacks and everything like that. Uh, because after all, that's the reason you are outsourcing right to uh, you know, minimize your expenses uh, for all those things. Um, your um, application, the network, you, the network topology that you set up on this in this environment, which is totally up to you how you do it. You can have as many VLANs in there, as many DMZs, uh, firewalls or whatever you have contracted from this uh, service provider you can use um, so you, the hypervisor will provide you the ability to create the, the virtual machines the virtual machines will have OS installed on them so you are responsible for making sure that the OS is hardened um, it is um, secure and um, the patching is taken care of um, and the application that sit on it. So again, application account management, application deployment, application security, it's all your issue. Um, and from authentication authorization perspective as well, you are responsible for making sure users are provisioned when they join the organizations, uh, people are deprovisioned when they leave the organization. Um, if people change roles, then that um, their level of access is updated accordingly. Um, likewise, um, for keeping an eye on um, the environment, you have to make sure all the logging, monitoring, and alerting is is being done, so that you know if you run out of capacity, uh, something bad happens in your network, it gets hacked. You have to make sure that you know you have all the necessary. Uh, controls in there and something that I've not shown over here you know when I say virtual network it includes the firewalls the IDS the IPS and you know um, the um, application um, security pieces as well uh, the host base IDS IPS if you want you could deploy that, that as well so at a high level I provide you a list of, of things that I think um, 
the service provider is going to be covering. Um, and this is something that the service provider is going to be doing as well as part of their assurance. So it could be a, a PCI audit, it could be a SOC 2 audit, um, or any other audit that you are thinking of. Um, these, this is the bare bones minimum that should be done at least. And you know, you can go above and beyond this if you wanted to. So from proposed approach perspective, um, when the audit is initiated, you make you have to make sure that you have lined up all the parties involved in this audit. So you have to talk to your, uh, so your service providers, um, making sure that you collect all the um, reports, audit reports from your uh, service providers, which you have to share with your auditor. Um, and um, you meet with your auditor and explain to them what pieces are you responsible for and what pieces is the service provider responsible for. You share those reports with them and also advise them of the fact that, you know, certain vendors are not able to uh, provide that assurance and they would be in the scope of this particular audit. And then the, at this point, um, the, the auditor will collect all the information from you. They will, um, for each of the controls that you have identified in your control framework, you will, uh, they will say who they will need to interview, what they need to observe, and what evidence they need to collect as a result of this. Thank you for your time. If you like the content, please don't forget to share it in your circles on the social media platform that you happen to be listening on. Um, and like always, if you have any comments, questions, um, you can reach out to me um, on my site, um, secunoid.com. All my contact details are over there. Um, we'll be more than happy to um, guide you, talk to you, um, and provide you further guidance as you, as you require. Thank you. Have a nice day. Bye-bye.